3: Sean Payton keep talking that we are gonna see him soon. You feel me?
1: All right, welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. Here, as always, with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, uh, I do want to congratulate you on a big uh, playing game win for the Lakers as they won the consolation tournament to get into the playoffs, and now they are immediately down to the Suns
3: 0-1. You know, I what if you were to ask me how confident I was before yesterday or yesterday, yeah, no, was it yes? No, Saturday's game. Uh, I would have told you that I was extremely confident, and now I have my doubts because I never seen Anthony Davis play like shit quite like that. So, yeah, um, I'm still confident though. I mean, I'm kind of over exaggerating a little bit. But it is a concern. If I mean the Suns are no pushover; they're the number two seed for a reason. So um, I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic, but they have got to you know do something or else uh, it might be a quick exit for them.
1: Suns are really good, man. Suns are really good. I saw a stat today that Anthony Davis has never won a playoff game without Rajon Rondo as his teammate. Ouch! Which is nuts. He got swept every year he was in the playoffs with the Pelicans, except the year they had Rondo and they won the series. And then uh, obviously last year he was on the Lakers and they won. But hey, we we got a we got a long way before the Lakers are out, uh, even if they get knocked out in the first round. But we're here to talk football. And Johnny, it crept up on us really quick this year. But we are basically at that point in the off season where there is nothing to talk about. So today we are bringing back a Butting Heads podcast tradition, a game I like to call, do we give a shit, where we talk about headlines that can be read about the Rams right now and decide if we care about them or if we don't. Are you ready to go? I've uh, been looking forward to this all off season. Let's do it. It, it is a an absolute tried and true tradition on Butting Heads, and we actually have some very timely uh discussion points we we had a topic on the show last week we ended up canceling the show last week because a we're in the depths b i was busy uh and tired here we are um julio jones is apparently on his way out of atlanta today on of all places undisputed with skip and Shannon. Uh, Shannon basically broke the news by calling Julio and asking if he was going back. And he said, I'm out of there live on the air. Don't know if he knew it was on the air. It was at, what a fucking moment. Um, Just insane on, on tons of levels. But quickly after that, the, the, the real reporters came back and said, listen, he requested a trade a month ago or months ago. Pretty sure that was reported months ago. Uh, and here we are. And recently, uh, Peter Schrager of NFL Network came out and basically said that he thought the LA would be a great option for Julio Jones, and it would make sense for them to trade for him. This is what he said: "Here's the connection. Julio's best seasons as a pro were in Atlanta. Obviously, in the middle of his career, his wide receivers coach during that time was Raheem Morris. Who's the new defensive coordinator for the LA Rams? Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris has been with Julio all this time in Atlanta the past five seasons." He could be the guy that bangs on the table and tells a band, lesson and you count them off and the guys, let's go get him. If I know anything about the Rams, it's that they live life to the fullest and they're looking to ways to make the team the best team possible and to win now always. So I think, you know, it's not saying do we give a shit about the Julio Jones, you know, phone call thing that happened today. Because I don't know how you couldn't give a shit about that. Just as a sports fan, that was just unbelievable. But as this relates to the Rams, and as people speculate, it makes sense for them to go get Julio Jones. Do we give a shit, Johnny?
3: We give a shit for one reason and one reason only. And it's not, a, it's not the reason you might be thinking. Let's be real. The Rams getting Julio Jones is a very slim chance. I I would say it's probably less than a 10% chance he comes to uh, L.A. Would I love Julio Jones to come to L.A.? Absolutely. I I would be ecstatic. I mean, there's, there's no reason why I wouldn't want him to come to L.A. The problem is, even if the Rams could somehow pull this off, where the hell are they gonna get the money for this guy? It's just it's not possible. I mean less need is magic when it comes to uh, when it comes to salary cap, but even he has his limits and Julio Jones would by far send them over the cap. It, it's not even up for debate. That that's how little space the Rams have and then bringing on a huge contract like Julio Jones, yeah, that, that, that's a pretty nil chance that that happens. Still, he is less Sneed, so I guess anything is possible. But um, why, you should, why I give a shit and why you should give a shit is if <laughs> Julio Jones ends up on the Cardinals, who <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is actively trying to recruit him. But then again, so was Jalen Ramsey. So it it absolutely terrifies me that Julio Jones has the possibility to go to Arizona. I I don't know what their cap space is. To be honest with you, I I can't imagine that it's it's like they have a ton of money. But I imagine that it's much better than the Rams. So for me, I, I'm mostly giving a shit. To see if he actually ends up in the NFC West in entirely. I mean, not just with the Cardinals, but with any team in the NFC West. Because, I mean, all offenses in the NFC West are dangerous. And adding Julio Jones as a potential opponent, that's that's a scary thought. It really is. So, Steve, do you give a shit?
1: Uh, it's tough. Like, I kind of give a shit. But not really. like because I don't think it's going to happen. I actually do think um, if you really dig into the cap, if the Rams were to trade for Julio Jones, it, it, the number they would trade for him at isn't what he's currently making. It would end up being, I believe I saw, like $12.5 million. The Rams have $7.5 million in cap space. So, I mean, like they could fucking figure it out if they wanted to acquire him. Like the problem is, They don't really have the draft capital to do it. If the Falcons wanted to pick three years from now, uh, then, yeah, let's talk, boys. Um, But we don't have a first until 2024, which complicates things. I think that they probably would, will, and should get a first for him uh, or some young talent back, which I guess we could provide too. But it just just seems unlikely. I think he's going to go to a team that has cap space, has picks and doesn't have five wide receivers on their depth chart that don't have a chance of getting cut uh and all might compete for playing time um i i don't think that because you drafted tutu atwell and you signed deshaun jackson and you have cooper cup and robert woods locked in contracts for a long time that should stop you from going to get julio jones if you can the Rams should absolutely make a call and see what's up um you know the receiving core is clearly missing the type of player that Julio Jones is, and yes, our guys are very good, but he would immediately be the best player in the room. Uh, that is not a knock on anyone in the room. We're talking about a we're talking about a fucking Julio Jones here. Uh but like, yeah, it, I don't know. I I, I kind of give a shit in that regard, but I also like don't give a shit because I I just I would be fucking floored if this happened i feel like the path to getting there is so difficult and for like a guy who yes it would upgrade the position by a lot uh it's also not something they need to be actively looking to upgrade right now would be crazy if you went to arizona i also really do not see that happening considering that they spent a uh was it a first round pick on a receiver right or a, or a second something like that yeah yeah and they got aj green i mean i guess like same same thing as with us. It shouldn't stop you from going to get him, but they are already paying DeAndre Hopkins ungodly amounts of money. Are they gonna bring in another guy uh like a like Julio Jones when they already got Edge Green and when they spent draft capital on another receiver? I, I doubt it. I'm interested to see where he goes. I don't think it's gonna be in the division.
3: I sincerely hope not, man. Uh I, I don't know if I wanna face Julio Jones. You know,
1: two times a year. I definitely do not. Uh, And he's still really good. I know he's been banged up at times over the past couple years. Uh, He's Julio, so he'll occasionally have just a random garbage game. I don't know why. He's just, of of all the elite players, he's one of the guys more prone to putting up duds. But, I mean, he's potentially a Hall of Famer. Uh, If he plays a couple more years at a high level, he'll be a lock for the Hall of Fame, I think. If you could get him in, you you want to add a receiver with the second over with your first pick in this draft at fifty seven overall because you want to add as much firepower as to the offense as possible. You have to make a call at least. You have to be like, "Here's what we got. Here's what we can do." Um, I doubt it'll happen. I don't really give a shit, but I'm not totally out on it. Did you see the clip from Undisputed? By the way, I did. It was... Oh my god, <laughs> That was nice. <nuts. laughs> it was entertaining. But
3: but somewhere out there you just know that less need is out there saying, hold my beer.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to at least try. Julio, (laughs) they don't hit the market that often. (laughs) No, not at all. Next on our list, uh, our backup quarterback, John Wolford, who wore number nine last season. Matthew Stafford came in. He changed his number to three recently. Cam Akers decided, I'm going to go back to three. That's what I wore in college due to the new rules. And now John Wolford switched his number to 13. He is not the first Rams quarterback to wear number 13. And as a result of that, people on Twitter are fucking outraged. Uh, Kurt Warner obviously wore number in the past. It's bringing up a big debate on why is Kurt Warner's number retired? Why would they let another quarterback wear this number? It's obviously been worn by a a handful of wide receivers over the past couple years for the Rams. Uh, Chris Gibbons comes to mind. I believe he wore number 13 a couple of years back, but never really a quarterback that I can remember. And here we are. John Wolford's wearing it. People are flipping out. Uh, Kurt Warner actually quote tweeted a fan, uh, a fan, uh, the dad of the host of the Rams brothers, apparently, which is hilarious. Uh, and he said, Numbers are made to be worn. Records are made to be broken. People are made to be inspired. Greatness is made to be chased after. And hopefully John Wolford is made is made to make them forget about me and make the number his. So, I guess like we kind of had this debate in a different sense last offseason when Tremaine Ancrum switched number to 76 and Orlando Pace was offended you didn't call him. Uh, and now it's like the opposite. Kurt War- Wolford switched to Kurt Warner's number and people are mad on his behalf. So Johnny, do you give a shit that John Wolford is wearing 13?
3: Not at all. And, and to tell you the truth, it, it's slightly different. I know this is going to sound really disrespectful, but I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, it, it's slightly different with this number because yes, Kurt Warner was probably our best quarterback in this franchise, you you could certainly make that argument. Um, but was he a legend like Orlando Pace? I would say no. Uh, that's not to be disrespectful to Kurt Warner. It's just reality, you know? And truthfully speaking, again, this, this is like a number. This isn't a guy that, you know, he he did his time for sure. He should be remembered. He he's definitely always gonna be remembered as a Ram, uh, no matter which way you spin it. But I don't know. For me, it, it's a non issue, it's a number, and it's not somebody that's deceased, nor is it uh um, somebody that I feel like you, you really need to ask permission for. Um it would be nice for a courtesy call, yeah, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I think people made way too much of it. So, no, I don't give a shit.
1: Yeah, I don't give a shit at all. And I kind of agree with you. It's Kurt Warner's kind of hard to quantify because, like, A, he might be the most consequential player in the history of the franchise. And that he stepped in one MVP and led them to their only Super Bowl. But, B, he had three good seasons on the Rams and ultimately hasn't really, like, owned the Rams as his franchise, as, like, the team he reps post-retirement, which is fine. I don't hold any grapes with him at all for any of that, but it's just, like, a thing. It's a fact. He only played for the team for six years, and like I said, three of them were, were really meaningful. Uh, if you look at the players who have had their numbers retired, and I think this could be a fun podcast to really dive into these, the only guy who spent less time with the team than Kurt Warner that got his number retired was Eric Dickerson, who was here for five years, but a, a pretty meaningful – five. not that Kurt Warner's five, six years weren't meaningful. They might have been more meaningful than a lot of players that walked through here, but you know, only half of them was he really contributing, and Dickerson was pretty much contributing for all five of his. When you look at the other players that have had their jerseys retired, uh, five of the eight guys that the Rams have retired – and listen, they've only retired eight jerseys in their – how long – what, did they become a team in the 30s? <laughs> Over 75 years. Uh, they've retired eight players. Five of those eight guys were here for 11 or more seasons, and the other three guys, Marshall Falk was here for eight, Bob Waterfield was here for eight, Eric Dix was here for five. So, And you mentioned Orlando Pace. He was here for 12, and he's not retired yet. So it's like – I don't give a sh- really give a shit that his number is not retired yet. It's a fun debate, but it's not like – it, to me, it's like if it gets retired, good for him. If it doesn't get retired, okay. Like this is not like the NBA where you have 15 players on a roster. You have 53 players every year. You literally can't retire every number because you're going to run out of numbers. Uh, and it's Pretty like, much. yeah, when you talk about like legacies, it's like who's the best player to ever play for the Miami Heat? It's LeBron James. But Johnny, is he the first <laughs> player you think of when you think of the Heat franchise?
3: Nope, not no, not at all. He's
1: not. And it's kinda like with Shaq too, like he's the best center to ever play for the Heat. You still think of Alonzo Mourning when you think of the Heat centers, like over the years. Um and that's kinda similar with like Kurt Warner versus, say, Jackie Slater or something like that. Uh clearly he he had a better he was a better player. That guy was here for twenty years. He he's more of a Rams legend. He's that's why his jersey's hanging up there. Now with Wolford, I really don't care. Because especially with the new rule, there really is not a ton of numbers for him to choose from. And 13 is fine. Like, how many open numbers are there? Uh, it's a cool number. It's, you know, if anything, it could be paying homage to Warner. Uh, John Wolford is a guy who, like her, Warner, took a day job in between his college career and get, actually getting the NFL. So I actually kind of love it. And I guess I give a shit in the way that, like, I think it's cool. He's switching to 13, not giving a shit in the way that people are uproared about it, relating to Kurt Warner and how his Jersey should be retired.
3: Yeah, it's truly a, uh, you, you really shouldn't be upset about this. I mean, Kurt Warner isn't upset. Um, he, there's no reason why you should be. Wolford isn't doing this to disrespect him in any way. And, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's just the number and it's, it's something that uh you know, you, you probably won't see too much of unless something happens to Matthew Stafford. Hopefully that that doesn't happen, but um at the end of the day it's it's just John Wilford's number. That's it. That, nothing to be upset about.
1: Yeah, and hey, maybe he's doing it to pay respects to Kurt Warner. It's kinda like like <laughs> In current day when, like, modern pop stars will remix, like, old songs, they'll cover them, and people will be upset. be like, how could you disgrace, like, this song? It's like, okay, buddy, be sure to call you out next time you're listening to Eric Clapton's version of I Shot the Sheriff and you're complaining about shit like this. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Off season, baby, this is where we thrive. Cam Akers wasn't listed in Pro Football Focus's list of the top 32 running backs Heading into the 2021 season, uh, this was written by, I don't want to shame this author before <laughs> we don't say his name, Sam Monsoon. Uh, you can follow, he's a pro football focus writer. Uh, I believe he's like a fun follower on Twitter as well, but he did not put Cam Akers in his top 32 running backs in the NFL heading in to the following season. Now I'm sure you said they're asking how? Uh, and also like if you've listened to this podcast for a while, like, you know, I am not the, the media is disrespecting the Rams guy at all. I kind of hate when people do that, but here are some of the running backs that were ranked out of him. In addition to three rookies, (laughs) Tony Pollard was ranked 21. Devin Singletary was ranked 22. Naheem Hines was ranked 27. Kenyon Drake was ranked 31. Mark Ingram was ranked 32. So, I, like, I actually got to give a shit about this. That, like, I kind of love getting riled up by this stupid shit like this. Like, I just don't get how you're compiling this list. And, like, I'm not even going to sit here and say Kamek. I'm not gonna, definitely not going to sit here and say he's a top 10 back. I might not even sit here and say he's a top 20 back. But, like, if you're looking at players in the NFL last year, and you're sitting there beside him between Zony Pollard and Devin Singletary and Cam Akers. And you're watching the tape and you're looking at the stats and you're projecting who's going to be better next year. You're taking that all into account. How do you fucking land at this conclusion? How do you put Mark Ingram, who is clearly just on his way out of the NFL, ahead <laughs> of Cam Akers? I... I I I say I give a shit, and this actually got me riled up, and I was pretty annoyed about it. Like, I just...
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: There's just some things where like, it's like, and we say this about like, you know, when great front offices do things like draft Greg Robinson second overall, um, or, or even more so like draft trunk candidate 31st when you have Marshall Falk on your roster. It's like you, this guy might be a very talented writer. He might really know his stuff, but sometimes you just do shit and you're like, how the fuck did you get there? Like, what path did you take to rank, to getting to 32? Sure, you ranked all, you're like Kenyon Ken, Drake like, Fine. You're at 32, and you're like, well, I think Mark Ingram is the better player at this point in his career. Like, how do you get there?
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
3: You know, the funny thing is, as for me, like, I I really don't give a shit about this kind of stuff. If you were to ask me this, like, a few years ago, I might get riled up over it, but the the type of shit like this comes out so frequently now, it's... A lot of times, I wonder if that's truly the writer's opinion, or if it's just, like, it's just uh, an extra piece that is designed to get people talking. Which, hey, you know, if if that's what he was trying to do, congratulations, he he, he did that. And I I really wonder that because you see you see this happen every year. Usually, it's more along the lines right around uh you know uh, preseason time or uh, like a couple weeks before the season. And you see, uh, usually with quarterbacks, where, you know, you see uh, guys like Taysom Hill at a ridiculous ranking, like, you know, 13th overall. Um, you know, a guy that doesn't even start at all. Yeah, that, that's basically the same type of stuff that's happening here. I don't know. I, to me, the biggest insult was Kenyon Drake. This guy isn't even starting anymore. He's, he's going to be behind. Josh Jacobs on the fucking Raiders.
1: I mean I mean, bro, Mark Ingram might not even make the Texans. Like that, that says a lot too. <laughs> I, I think that's much worse than Kenyon Drake, who I also, though, would not rank ahead of Game Akers.
3: No, not at all. I I mean, there's a reason why Drake is behind on the roster of the Raiders. I I just and that 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 signing in of itself was stupid too, but Um, long story short here, I, I just, I don't read too much into it because I, I, I seriously doubt that this writer truly believes what he wrote there. And I just think it was designed to get people riled up, which, like I said, it worked. Cam Akers is clearly going to be a much better back considering he stays healthy And, you know, I I can't guarantee that Cam Akers is going to be, you know, uh, a top 20 back or anything like that. I think he will be. But if you ask me to guarantee it, I couldn't, uh, in good faith, say he's going to be a top 20 back. Because, realistically, he was a rookie last year. He didn't play really the full season. He was kind of in an experimental rotation that Sean McVay was running until the end of the season and in an offense that just wasn't really that effective this year. I think things are going to be much different in terms of offensive scheme. And I think this is going to help him out a lot. So yeah, it, considering he stays healthy, I think that he's capable of being a top 20 back, but if you wanted to play it safe and say, he's like, I don't know, number 23, 24, I think that would be a lot more realistic than putting in a rookie who's never played a single down in the NFL. Like, to me, that just – it makes zero sense to do that.
1: Yeah, and, like, I, I feel like it's not just for clickbait because, like, if you were going to make that – like, if you were going to go for, like, the bold take, like, you could put him at, like, 23 behind Tony Pollard and Devin Singletary. Like, that could be your claim the Rams had three running backs rush for more yards than Mark Ingram last year. Like <laughs> all three of them. Fucking Malcolm That's, that's amazing. More yards. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know how, like you couldn't even put in like miles Gaskin. You couldn't even put in like Daryl Henderson. <laughs> like David Johnson, even like a guy, a guy who was also washed, but I don't know. Just, just absolutely wild stuff. It's absolutely wild. <laughs> Here's another fun one. Uh, the Rams have the youngest roster in the NFL heading into 2021. Um, their average rate, average age, 24.62 years old. Uh, the oldest in the NFL is 26.37. So, I mean, it's less than a two year difference between the top and the bottom. Uh, other teams on the list, Seahawks at 14, Cardinals at 30 and 49 is 31. Uh, Johnny, I do not give a shit about this. Truly. Um, the Rams are not a particularly young team, even though they have a lot of youth on their roster. Uh, you're not going to, Matthew Stafford's not young. Uh, Aaron Donald, and I mean, Stafford too, both guys got a lot of juice left in the tank, but, uh, they're not young. Their best offensive lineman is like, could be like my fucking grandpa at this point. Uh, I don't give a shit about this. I think it's a useless stat. There's a lot of youth on the team, and that's always a good thing to have. But, like, you can't—I I don't think the Rams are a young team, per se. They just have a lot of young players on their roster.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I truly don't give a shit about this either. You, the core players of this team are not young. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, this is exactly the type of formula that every team— should aspire to have, you know, um, and that's why there's not a huge differential between the youngest and oldest team, because it's the exact same formula that every team is doing, you know, some more than others. And in this case, the Rams more than others, uh, they value their youth in terms of, you know, training, developing them. And it's one of the reasons why the Rams are victims of losing their homegrown talent. That much is true. But again, it's nothing that any other team isn't already trying or already doing. So, does this article or does the stat tell me anything? Not really. It's just, oh, okay. The Rams are the youngest team, technically.
1: Yeah. Great. And and when you don't, you know, sign free agents, (laughs) like your whole lot... you're basically all your depth is going to be very young players and that's where the rams are at now you know it's even though they have matthew stafford andrew whitworth deshaun jackson uh aaron donald robert woods you know guys that aren't tyler higby guys like a lot of guys that aren't old but rob havenstein you could even throw him in the mix there um a sean robinson like, like these guys aren't you know spring chickens they're not not old but on a young team. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Next on the list, uh, Johnny, you brought this one up, so I'm gonna let you introduce it. Uh there's a lot of debate lately about who is the true A D in Los Angeles.
3: So I I brought this uh this topic to Steve's attention because I recently I, I forget the writer, I probably should have researched that before uh before I came on here, but um, there was a writer that did an article about Aaron Donald, and I believe it was a social media post where they shortened Aaron Donald and put a D, and basically I saw in a lot of comments, not just on Twitter, but pretty much everywhere else it was posted, where basically the same comment was being made, and everybody was saying, That the only AD that exists is Anthony Davis. And Aaron Donald should not be called AD. And like, for me, like, if it was a couple of guys, I probably wouldn't bring this up. But it was so many people that was so passionate about this topic, about this situation, that calling Aaron Donald AD when Anthony Davis has been more notably known as AD. I don't know. Like, Steve, do you give a shit?
1: No. I, 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 I might not. I don't give a shit about this at all. There's not many <laughs> things that have happened in sports that I give blessed for shit about. Uh, first of all, Adrian Peterson used to be called AD uh, for all day, which was very confusing because his n- initials were AP uh it's two letters man you can't you can't put a uh (laughs) like you can't put a stranglehold on two letters you know and they don't play the same sport it'd be different if like there was a player in I, i like i don't know in the nba named uh kenneth davidson and people started calling him kd and you're like okay what about kevin durant uh, they don't play the same sport. Like it's only relevant, I guess, because they're in the same city. And also, it's initials. Like it's their it's their God given names. Like, what do you want him to do? Should he change his name to Aaron Bonald? A B. Oh, we got that too already.
3: I kind
1: of I kind of want people to start calling him Aaron Bonald now. <laughs> I will if he, when he has a bad game, which never happens. So <laughs> probably it never will never happens. get called. that.
3: He he may not put up stats, but still, if you were to ask the opposing team if he had a bad game or not, they would say no. He had a he had a damn good game. So so uh, yeah, uh, weird topic for me. I. I again I wouldn't have brought this up if I only saw like a couple of people make that comment. There were so many people. I kid you not. Like and they, they were not like just comments like saying, no, this should be Anthony Davis As, no, like people were seriously like going at, at coming after this uh, writer for for just simply calling Aaron Donald A D. Like relax guys. It's just it's two letters, relax. It's not that serious.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. Like, who cares? It's really not be
3: A-Ron a- Donald. I'm sorry.
1: A-Ron. A- Love <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Uh, nothing means less than late May football quotes. So let's get into a couple. Leonard Floyd, uh, talking about his new defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, said he brings a little bit more energy than Brandon Scheller. Here's the whole quote. They're both energy guys, but Coach Morris might have a tab more. He likes to talk a little bit more junk to you. They both get you going a lot. Uh, cool. I, I don't care.
3: <laughs> I give about a tenth of a shit.
1: I'm glad he likes him. Uh, and it's cool to see a player speaking in coach speak. You don't get that every day.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like um, I, I think for me the biggest takeaway in all of this is that at least – Um, they, you know, they're okay. At least it seems like they're okay with, with, uh, Raheem Morris, because, hey, you know, it's a big change to switch coordinators, even though it happens so frequently with the Rams and, you know, to go from Brandon Staley, who led the Rams to being the number one defense in, in the NFL, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking to, you know, have a switch to uh, Raheem Morris, who I think he's, he's a, he's a good hire, but um, what's important is how the, how the players are going to relate to him and how they respect him and everything. And Hey, if, if this makes them happy, then great. That's, that's what I care about. Uh, Whether he, you know, talk shit to them during the, during practice. I mean, I, that, that's nothing new i can show you a high school coach that'll talk shit to you the entire time you that you're on the football field that that's kind of a normal thing, so like and f- as far as that goes I could give i couldn't give any less of a shit than that, so yeah um yeah, about a tenth of a shit like i said
1: yeah i <laughs> i just i truly really don't care about this one yeah it's 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 cool they like him um what's he gonna say like yeah we miss brandon like nobody would ever say that
3: no <laughs> that, that would be some seriously some fucked up shit if you if you get a brand new coordinator and they're like man i wish brandon was here <laughs>
1: right, right yeah it's wild uh, here's another one from our guy matthew stafford he says it's been a while since he's been excited this much for a season here's what he said when he was asked how long it's been since he's been this excited It's been a while. I've had some good teams in Detroit, and I'm excited every single year because I love playing this game. But Those years we made the playoffs, 11, 14, and 16. I thought we had good teams, but I'm very excited about playing for this team, the Rams organization. I'm excited about trying to get to know these guys. To win as consistently as the Rams have won in the last four or five years, you've got to have good people. You can't just have good players and good coaches. It's a really fun thing for me to be a part of just trying to immerse myself in the team. Uh so it's it this one's weird because when I read the headline, I was like, Yeah, I give a shit. Like I I'm happy he's excited. Like I'm I'm happy he's like really excited to be here and to play and maybe he hasn't had this much excitement in a while. When you read the quote, it's a very empty quote and I no longer give a shit after reading it. <laughs> Like yeah, he, we I, I know you love playing football, Matthew, and I'm very. I, we're both very <laughs> excited to have you on this team. Uh, but, like you didn't really say anything here. Yeah, I. <laughs> it,
3: it's kind of one of those weird things because it. You have to understand that some of these questions are very basic questions anyway. So like this is this isn't necessarily a question that Matthew Stafford would probably get on the norm, uh, you know, when he was in Detroit, because I mean, it was just another year for him. Now he's playing on a different team, you know, uh, and a team that has a winning culture. So I guess it it does somewhat call for these basic ass questions, but um, at the same time, like, did you really learn anything from this? And the answer is no, not really. <laughs> it's, it, it was, you're happy that he, that he's excited. You're happy that he loves to play the game because, Hey, I guess he could say it's, it's all about the money for me, which some players have said in the past. So yeah, take that for what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> like the uh, Leonard Floyd quote, he could have said something way worse. But he he just said a thing, so I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> I can't wait to watch him. I believe him when he says he's very excited to play this year, uh, and it probably is the most excited he's been in a while. But like, why wouldn't it be? You could blame them. For... Yeah, right. Like, you, what, When else would he have been so excited? Uh, <laughs> here here's one, and I'm sure this is gonna. I'm sure this is gonna be a tough one for the listeners to guess. If I give a shit about this quote. Uh, Troy Aikman said he wouldn't be shocked at all if Matthew Stafford won MVP. Here's the full quote. I know Matthew well. I love the guy. I think he's terrific. and I think he's going to play his best football this year. I really do, Aikman told Sam Farmer of the LA Times. I think for him to get to work with Sean McVay in that offense, I really expect Matthew to have the best season of his career. Wouldn't shock me at all if he's the MVP of the league. But then he continued. With that being said, there are expectations, and he knows it. And that's what he wants. I mean, that's what he's been dreaming of. That's what he wanted the whole time he's been in Detroit. He wanted to be in a contender. And at the end of the day, that's how you make your mark. And I'm so excited for him and the opportunity he has. So it's kind of like, Troy, uh, it's kind of like saying that the team that scores the most points wins the game. Uh, And, (laughs) (laughs) like, hey, wouldn't shock me at all if Matthew Stafford won MVP. Uh, Yeah, like. I don't know. Wouldn't shock me at all if I woke up hungry tomorrow. You know, maybe I won't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 as you can imagine, Johnny, I, I don't also care about Troy's take here.
3: I, I think I would be more shocked if I didn't wake up hungry tomorrow. I'm just saying, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I that that was it didn't really say much that quote did it. Um, you know, on one hand, i I'm thrilled that a Hall of Fame quarterback and Troy Aikman is giving praise to Matthew Stafford. That's great, but he didn't really add anything substantial to make us believe any different than we had already been thinking. So, yeah, I I could give I couldn't give a shit about this at all. It, it just it added nothing. There was nothing substantial about it. Um happy that he's getting praise and uh, maybe maybe if all goes well, this will actually work out for Matthew Stafford and the Rams, but um again, I could give a shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh that's all we had uh, for the game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep track of some of these pseudo quotes or headlines over the next month or so. We'll probably play this game in another month. I it was great to revisit this game, man. I it, one of my favorites.
3: Yeah i I look forward to this every year, just because we tend to find a lot of bullshit, like we really do, and every year. It, it seems like we find something new and different to like say. Do we really actually give a shit about this? And yeah, we're. I, I think we'll find even more as as the off season continues, and hopefully, uh, you know this this doesn't last too much longer. Because hey, at least we have a preseason to look forward to, right?
1: Yeah, man, finally gonna have a preseason. Um, whether we see the Rams starters play. Or we get nope. to watch backups play. I'm excited yep. either way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's the end of May, May. Like, people who cover the game full time, you know, they're going to be reaching for content. They're going to be reaching for questions to ask players when they get interviews. There's not that much to talk about. And, you know, they're, they're reaching for, for topics and headlines. And look at us. We're doing it, too. We just had a forty-minute podcast about fake topics, so like, we're—it's <laughs> just fun, man. You got—you got to keep the content going somehow uh, before we get to the real, real good stuff. Uh, and you know, we'll—we'll we'll do our schedule preview in a couple weeks, uh, and maybe we'll get some more guests on here. But we'll—we'll we'll figure it out. This was a great start, though, to uh, peak off season. I would say.
3: Yeah, totally agree, and. Looking forward to actually discussing some real topics like uh, yeah, position battles. I think this year there'll be more position battles to to look at. Uh, so maybe less fake topics to worry about.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, we'll get some good stuff in the pipeline. Uh, you got any parting thoughts here before we depart this week?
3: Just I'm happy for the Dodgers for their turnaround. And hopefully the Lakers can continue to. Uh, you know, keep their fortune going without looking at you know their last game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the top seeded, well up one zero, Philadelphia seventy sixers don't play till Wednesday, so I'm waiting until then to uh watch us continue to conquer.
3: Yeah, they have nothing to worry about, honestly.
1: Foe, 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 baby. <laughs>
3: Not this round. They don't have anything to worry about.
1: Yeah. We avoided the heat in the second round. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, you know where to find us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Steve at johnny 5 6 and at TalkRams. Uh, give the show a five-star rating if you haven't already. And we'll be back with you guys next week.
3: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that oh, We're going to see him soon. You feel me?